Welcome to the podcast, Leading and Growing Your Real Estate Business by Coach James Short. This podcast is designed to help you with strategies, insights, and ways to increase sales, build and lead high-performing teams, and ultimately grow your business. Your host, James Short himself, also shares some of his secret sources on how he helps his own clients achieve business growth quickly and easily. James has been coaching those in the real estate and property industry for close to 10 years now, and his clients keep on saying, since working with James, their results have been outstanding, giving them more money, time, and fulfillment. James is offering a free strategy call to those listening to see how he can assist you to take your business to where you want to go. Simply go to jamesshort.com.au forward slash strategy and book in a time today. Now on with the show. Hi and welcome to another edition of Leading and Growing Your Real Estate Business. This is Coach James Short and we are truly honored and privileged to have this next guest on our show today. Sam Panetta. Sam is the guru, the mover and the shaker when it comes to finance and particularly within the real estate world. He's a, he's a high performance broker. He's a lovely family man. We've been chatting about his, uh, his little one and how quickly she's grown over the last, last 10 months. He loves catching up with old mates and he's a genuine great guy. So he's going to share with us some of the secret sources of, of what he's doing out there with a lot of his contacts in the real estate um, world. And uh, really how to solve some of those problems out there because there are some problems, but you know what? Sam's got some solutions. So let's bring him online. Sam, mate, welcome to the show. <laughs> that was the best introduction I've ever had, James. I've never had anything nicer things said about me in my whole life. Awesome, mate. Thank you. No, it's really, it's, a, it's, it's good an honor. to be on. Awesome. Awesome. Mate, um, let's go, let's, uh, let's share it to the listeners a little bit about your journey. Um, obviously, you're co-founder with RS Financial Group, which is an amazing group that's working with you know a lot of my clients to help them really take control of their finances, really plan out their finances, and help them to really grow their wealth strategy with with a lot of your programs and services that you're offering. But share with the listeners the the journey that uh, of how you got to where you are today. What what have been some of those milestones? Yeah, so my my, my story is not typical from, from the day I was born. So my parents were 14 when I was conceived and 15 when they were born, uh, when I was wow. born. So super young, uh, life was different, I guess, from, from that very young age. Uh, went to school, done all that, got kicked out at, uh, at 15. Wow. Um, yeah, so went and become a, a spray painter. Okay. So uh, went and done an apprenticeship, uh, managed to save up some cash and actually bought my first property when I was 18 and uh, fell in love with my mortgage broker at the time because I was an 18-year-old kid. I still <laughs> had red pea plates on my car uh, and I, I managed to get myself a, a, a nice little investment property. Always wanted to be involved in property and finance, um, but given the, the performance at school, it was probably not something that I was going to get into. Uh, when I was uh, 24, uh, 25, I decided, no, nah, I'm getting out. So I, I got into finance. I worked with a, a firm in the city trading uh, derivatives for, for bonds and bills. Uh, for people who, who are watching, you don't know what, what they are. That's essentially the interest rate market. So that's what the, the banks use to price the interest rates for the, the rates that uh, people are paying on their home loans and the car loans and, and all that sort of jazz. So I learned a lot uh, about interest rates. And then 
uh, didn't enjoy that any longer because there was no client-facing stuff. There was no real-world uh, difference. It was all just, you know, me in the market. Yep. Uh, so a couple of years later, uh, got out of that, got uh, into mortgage broking with Yellow Brick Road. So that was where I started my career there, essentially I walked in there with my baggy suit and said, uh, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm really keen to learn. Uh, give me a go. Uh, give me a shot. They gave me a shot. Uh, phenomenal first year. One uh, young, uh, young gun broker of the year with Calibric Road. I got into the uh, you know, top uh, brokers under 30. Uh, so it was just a fantastic uh, introduction to the industry. Uh, met my, my business partner, Jackson Milan, which I'm, I'm sure you know very well, and uh, launched Boris Financial uh, about 18 months ago now. Wow. Wow. What an amazing journey. And you know what? I think hearing that journey, you don't, you know, you don't know someone until you hear some of those milestones and you can really see how your tenacity, your approach, and, and really your journey around the importance of being in front of clients, right? Back when you were trading, back when you were doing the derivatives, you knew that you wanted to be client facing. And that's your, I guess, you know, we've, we've had some great chats over the past, but that is one of your amazing strengths is that connection, is that knowing, you know, what's right for the person, knowing what's right for the timing, knowing what's right for their journey and, and, and taking them along the way. And that's where obviously the success of, you know, RS Financial and, and, your past successes has really going to show is, is based on your and obviously Jackson's strengths working together. So mate, well done. That's super exciting. Um, but I want to talk about the, obviously where we're at within the, the financial world and, and particularly the real estate world, obviously working with a lot of clients within the real estate space. And, you know, they've, some of them are finding it quite challenging at the, at the moment. You know, they've got stock, they can't sell it. They're trying to get stock. They've got challenges with, you know, buyers and vendors with their finances and all that, everything like that. What's what's your take and what are you hearing out there in the market in relations to the financial world? It's an excellent question. So my opinion uh, on, a, on a broader level is that finance and property are one in the same. They go hand in hand. You, you can't have sort of one without the other. Totally. And when I started seeing the finance world tidying up and this started actually two or three years ago it actually took a little bit of time before that started to affect property markets because the tightening was slow to begin with uh, and then it, it put back over time and when that started happening I thought this is really going to affect uh, property markets because I could see that clients wanted to borrow a million dollars could only get 900 and then you know those same clients six months later could only get 850 and I, I saw the the borrowing power decrease uh, for my clients and I knew that had to have a direct impact on what someone could pay for property and I think that has gone a long way to slowing down uh, the Sydney and the Melbourne property markets because that's where people were really maxing out on, on, on how much they were borrowing and I'm seeing a lot of the local agents that I'm speaking to are mentioning that are saying that they've They've got stock, they're, they're, they're trying to sell stock and they've either got buyers that are interested uh, that can't get the finance or people are just not interested at all because they can't get the finance. So I think it's really having a, a massive, massive effect all around. So true. And I think you've hit the nail on the head because it is, it was, you know, and so many, uh, so many agents didn't see it and pick it up. Um, that slow shift and transition and, and you can see a lot of exiting the, the industry because, yeah, it's hands up there, you know, white flags are up that they're gone, they're out. Um, if you look at what are you 
what do you then now see the next, I guess, 12, 18, 24 months look like? Are we, do you feel that this is going to ease, change, or, or get better? No, I think this is the new normal. Okay, I think this great. is the new normal. I can't see them uh, pulling back on, on lending restrictions. Yep. Uh, I, I know that, look, it would have to be, there's a couple of things. I don't think they're going to pull back the, the living expenses. I think that's here to stay from now on. They go through every single person's transaction history. If you say it costs you two grand to live and it costs you $3,622, it costs $3,622. <laughs> and they, they will. They'll actually get three months, divide that by three and say that's what, that's what it costs you to live. And that's having a, a big effect. Now, interest rates are tipped to go lower. So the, the interest rate markets are, are still predicting three more rate cuts before they stop moving again. Yep. So that's going to see interest rates keep going lower. And what people don't understand is that if you've got an interest rate today of 3.5%, it's being assessed somewhere between 7 and 8%. Right? So in uh, every case, more than double. Uh, in some cases, nearly triple of, of yep. what people are actually paying on their interest rate. Now, that's enforced at a higher level. That's enforced at a, at a, a compliance level from you know, government bodies and things like that. If they were to reduce to how it used to be in the past, the real interest rate plus a 2% buffer or something like that, that would instantly see borrowing capacities skyrocket again. Yeah. All right? okay. So that's, that is one area that I see that people can... Um, that they, they might be some sort of change because the gap is just way too big now. Yep. Um, the way that they assess existing investors who have portfolios, I don't think that's going to change. I think that's going to stay tough yep. uh, for, the, for the time being. I think interest rates are going to continue to be competitive. Uh, lenders are really going to, to price each other out of the market. So existing borrowers, it's good for them. They're not going to suffer uh, financially. Um, it's funny because lending to SME business owners, right, is a, a huge growth point now. So if you've got if you've got people who are let's use a real estate agent as an example who's looking to acquire um, uh, rent rolls or, or other practices, the lending to SME business owners, not for residential property but for business purposes, is actually loosening up and getting easier. And because that's because the the government sees uh, SME as the next growth point over the next uh, you know 10 year cycle so yeah. it's getting easier and easier and easier for business owners to borrow for business purposes so if you've got you know people who are doing well in their business they've got the opportunity to grow in turn lift profits and buy more property and i think that's that's what's going to be the next uh big growth cycles that people are going to start earning more and and being able to borrow more that way love it love it so let's let's take the focus back to the real estate agent at the moment, and I want to, I guess, give them some secret sources, some some of the strategies that they you can assist with them. <clears throat> they're sitting on some stock. They've got you know they've got some buyers as you mentioned, but you know they're not getting finance. What would you recommend? How would you help with those agents? What the language would you be, or some strategies that you could share? to help these agents move these stocks through the process, particularly when it comes to finances? It's a very good question. So the lending environment at the moment is more complicated and convoluted than it's ever been, all right? So you might have one lender who says no and shuts the door on a borrower. You might have another lender that has certain policy niches where 
the doors wide open, here's the money. And the if if your clients or the buyers are going straight to their bank and their bank says no, so they say they can't get the money, then that's not the end of the story. There's a hundred different lenders out there in the market. So real estate agents should be looking to team up with experienced brokers, really good brokers, not not the average brokers because they can't cut it anymore. The, yeah. the point of you know saying this is the best rate, take that deal, That's the market's changed. It's not that environment anymore. But if you've got someone who's experienced who can dig around and who has access to, to you know, little deals and little niches that other people don't, then they're going to be able to get the money. Do you know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, and there's, yeah, there's a lot of special rules and little special niches that are coming out now that the general public just just has no idea about. Yeah, there's too much information to for someone who's not in the industry to, to actually know this information, right? Absolutely. And I think that's the really important aspect of, of gone are the days of an agent just flicking it on to a bank rep, flicking it on to someone with one silo of, of opportunity compared to now, as you said, an expert that can open up numerous avenues, numerous opportunity. And I think agents out there really need to get smart and savvy around who they partner with. If you're looking at, you know, if, you, if we're talking to an agent out there looking to partner up with, um, you know, with a broker to, to work side by side, what are some of the things that you could recommend to the agent to be wary of that they can make that right decision to get that right broker? Well, it's a very good question. I would be asking the broker, what's the process that you go through? Uh, is it strategic or is it, is it random? Do you know what I mean? Is, is there a written process to finding the right solution or yep. are they just plucking an idea out of the head and to provide some sort of case studies of, uh, I guess, cases where they've been able to help a funder purchase property uh, or sorry, a buyer fund the purchase of a property where the, the other bloke or the bank or someone else hasn't been able to do it. And I'm, I'm just have a whole bunch of scenarios running through my head now uh, where, you know, I've been speaking to local agents and I've helped them fund the buyer. Do you know what I mean? To, to pass, there's, there's a few uh, square metres of, of a property. Do you know what I mean? There's, um, you know, the, the client's bank wouldn't do it. I knew a lender that would do it at those square metres. We went there. Uh, another one where we had a nurse and the nurse had 10 different types of income on a payslip. You ever see a nurse's payslip? There's so many different ways of the, yeah, right. the, the way they earn money. Now, some banks will take some at 100%, some at 60%, some at 80%. Wow. We found a lender takes them all at 180%. Property she needed was 550. Everyone else could get a 500. We got a 550. Uh, just these little little bits and pieces like that, uh, that unless you're really digging around and doing the research, the buyer is just not going to happen. They're just not going to be able to get those those little bits and bobs that they need. And I think that's so true because like, everyone's not a round peg fitting in a round hole nowadays. Everyone's got different circumstances, as you've already mentioned. Everyone's got different needs. Everyone's got different requirements. And I think with your, your experience and those brokers who've got that experience, we need to identify those different holes that, or plugs that we're trying to fill in to get the best outcome for the, the, the purchaser, to get the best outcome for the agent and so forth. And I think you hit the nail on the head in relations to share those case studies, share that process if they have one. So, you, so that agent feel, feels confident in recommending 
um, but also is that working together because it's a, it's, I see it as a win-win-win, win for the win for the purchaser, win for the agent, and win, win for the broker, all working together to you know buy their dream investment or buy their dream home or, or whatever it is for them. Um, are there any other <clears throat> other case studies that you could share with us that you've been working with a couple of agents over the past little while that where they went down a different path and they got you know denied and and the way that you worked, the strategy that you worked at, it was a, it was a great outcome or, or great achievement. Uh, I, I don't know if I can talk about uh, if any uh, clients couldn't uh, get the funds before, before they yep. come to see me. Um, typically, I don't know the scenarios of, of what's happened prior. Uh, most of the time, by someone's come to see me, they couldn't get the funds uh, elsewhere. But there's, there's plenty of, uh, you know, other examples that I can think of you know if let's say you you've got a tradie right yep. who owns who owns a company and he's got two car leases in his company now 95% of banks will service those car leases in his personal name there's two or three that'll say that's a company debt doesn't serve it uh, let's not include it you might take someone's purchase price from 800 grand to a million bucks just by eliminating those those couple of debts wow. from servicing. do you know what I mean and uh, we've got uh, there, there's lenders out there for, for doctors, right? They can borrow up to 90% of a property price uh, with no lender's mortgage insurance uh, and servicing different, so not servicing by the standard rules. We had one the other day. Uh, the best we could get with another bank was 1.5 as a purchase price. We've got them up to 1.8. So it's a huge, monstrous, uh, you know, Massive difference, massive difference, and it's it's about fitting the client with the lender, not and not the other way around. So true, so true. Now, there's some great insights, and I really appreciate. You know, we've really got to look at side, particularly in this market. Agents got to look at things differently, and I'm a big believer this year. It's about innovation, right? Otherwise, you're going to perish. And mm. it's looking at innovation is 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 about relationships. How do we build those relationships? Do we innovate? So we can stay ahead of the game. And I think you've hit the nail on the head when it comes to choosing your, you know, your right finance broker and to really get that high performance, nosy layout of the land and to really match the, 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 the lender and, the, and the, the person looking to get those funds to invest and to buy those properties. But how can, um, how can the listeners, how can the tribe get in contact with you, and do, you know, to find out more and how can those agents out there make contact and, and discuss further opportunities with you? Yeah, perfect. You can uh, Google Aureus Financial. Um, jump on there. Jump on the website. It's got all our all our details on it. You can call me uh, direct on the on the mobile on my email. I'm not sure if we're gonna have have those yeah, we'll have uh, them out there. planted planted somewhere yeah. here. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook. We're really active on on Facebook. Uh, they can join the the Wealth Mentor community. So that's a, a little bit. Um, outside of, of finance itself but it's just a bunch of handy uh sort of tips that we put out every every now and again and uh yeah that's that's how they can get in touch fantastic mate sam really appreciate your time energy and your experience um and your expertise uh thank you for sharing some of those secret sources and uh mate once again much appreciated thanks james appreciate it <laughs>